Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey everyone, and welcome into Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Right today, as always, for my colleague and co-host Lisa Carlin, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's show, we're going to chat all about the rivalry Challenge Cup games that we just got to watch, and of course, we're going to preview. NWSL week 14. Before we get into everything, a quick reminder to subscribe to us on YouTube. Also as a podcast, go ahead and follow, like, and download so that you never miss out on a single episode because the World Cup is just weeks away. So you need to make sure that you are subscribed, that you are following, that you have downloaded Attacking Third for all of your 2023 World Cup content. Let's go. Let's go, Lisa. How you doing today? <laughs> I'm good. I am good. Um, we had some good Challenge Cup rivalry games last night between SoCal rivalry, Angel City, San Diego, Portland, and um, OL Reign in the Cascadia rivalry matchups happening. Um, it's good. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of moving parts happening, but it's always good to jump on here with you ahead of the weekend, get things going. Um, you're doing really great with the Lisa Carlin thing. So I just thank you. Look, it's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh you think that I would have had enough practice at this point. Just know like we like just similarly like we've had a build up to a World Cup. You and I had a build up to your wedding. It's like you're gonna be Carlin. It's gonna like Carlin, Carlin, yeah, Roman. Carlin. I literally introduced myself in person to someone the other day as Lisa Roman, and so my funny. friend was like, "No, that's, that's <laughs> so funny." So we're all still getting there, but soccer hasn't changed. No, we still got a lot of good footy happening. No, the leaks, the leaks still rolling on. Challenge Cup is still in full swing, and who knows? Maybe, maybe moving forward, Lisa, we need to. 
shake up our morning routines here. We always like hop on, chat a little bit, talk about what we're drinking, and maybe we need to include a hot shot. Oh, moving forward, I don't know. What do you think? I I think it's one way to wake up and prevent those cramps. <laughs> <laughs> look, I uh, look. We wanted to talk about it a little bit because. Shout out to Michelle Cooper and then followed up by Alyssa Thompson with the hot shot images. They have struggled with hot shot. You could, you, if you're joining us live, we got a great side by side image of them. And um, honestly, they're, they're a little bit of inspo. They have inspired folks to just get out there and just randomly try hot shot. Folks were passing around the ingredients, what is in a hot shot, you know, and honestly, like, I was reading some of that stuff, Lisa, and I was like, I, some of that actually sounds delightful. I mean, look, I'll ask you straight up. Have you ever had like a like a apple cider vinegar and like turmeric ginger kind of, you know, like power shot ever? Like I've had those before. Yeah. And they're delightful. Yeah. yeah, they're delicious. This one is basically the same. It's got a little bit of um, the hot shot product is one yeah. that has a bit of ginger and turmeric. It's it's yeah. to prevent cramps. And that's yeah. the point of it. Um, it it's hilarious though that this is happening it for those that don't know it started with michelle cooper uh the rookie for kansas city getting a cramp during a game and training staff coming out and and gave her this little bottle it kind of looks like a five-hour energy but that's what it is and the players down it um and she makes this face that is disgusting uh it's spicy it's a shock to the system and it was hilarious. It went viral. And then just a few days later, Alyssa Thompson, the forward for Angel City, another rookie, um, same situation happens to her. She ends up taking the shot. She actually handles it a little bit better at first. And then it's the reaction as it hits her throat. She makes the same face Cooper make made. It was hilarious. And it got people talking about hot shot. What is it? What is it for? What's in the ingredients? Why are people taking it? Which then kind of... Per- like poked and prodded a lot of people to say, okay, I want to try it. I want to see how bad it is and see how it goes. We had the morning footy crew on Galazzo network, which you can watch for free on Paramount plus they gave it a try. They all thought it was pretty good at at this point. I think some of them thought it was good. Some of them thought it was also not that bad. Shout out to Jenny Chu. She was the winner of the hot shot challenge on morning footy. You love to see it, but we, it, Everyone's been having so much fun with this, and we were like, we definitely wanted to talk about it a little bit at the top of the hour uh, of this episode. And, like, some cool, like, we've seen a lot of different responses to this as well. Like, it was really cool to see um, Canadian International Janine Becky kind of, like, quote tweet and and say, like, give a little bit of advice to the first-year players and say, hey, this stuff actually kind of works. My suggestion would be to drink it before a game, and you'll, like, have, you'll have that running through and flowing through your body um, you know, when should an event with cramping come up. So it was cool to sort of see like the advice given there from the veteran to the young players. But Hotshot themselves have actually also kind of picked up on all of the engagement and interaction around it. And I love that they are embracing the Hot Shot Challenge themselves. They actually agreed and said that they were inspired by Michelle Cooper and Alyssa Thompson and that they teamed up with Janine Becky to raise money for the Women's Sports Fund. So for every video posted of your reaction to the spicy shot, they're going to donate $2 to the Women's Sports Fund up to $5,000. So folks, if you do the Hot Shot Challenge, you have to tag both Janine Becky 
and team underscore hotshot for the video in order to be recognized and that the donation will be made. So we've got it. We've got another challenge going on. I love how, you know, there's there's been viral challenges before in the past. And but I love that this one is kind of organic and unique to the NWSL or at least was inspired uh, by by the league players in the league. By two rookies in yep. the league. I think that's pretty cool as well. And also very organically and naturally. Um, because after uh, Michelle Cooper tried it and she kind of posted online saying like, hey, it's it's pretty gross. Um, then her and Alyssa Thompson kind of had this conversation of like, hey, have you tried it yet? Like, you should yeah. try this. Or like, let me know what you think of it. Um, it's pretty funny to, to see this happening across teams, across leagues, despite results. It's really just a, a cramping prevention mechanism that has kind of spiraled this week in the NWSL. Yeah. I wanted to shed some light on it. I also love that like older players too have even gotten in on the fun. It's like you, you hear you hear play, even on the call like Le- Leanne Sanders or like Lori Lindsay, they're just like what happened to bananas? Like the mustard packet. The mustard like we we really moved past the mustard packet quickly, and that was something that was cir- uh, circulating around the league in games maybe just over the last couple of years, and they've already moved past it. Um, but yeah, what happened to bananas? You know, shot a shot of pickle juice. Like what happened? All that that quick stuff. But um, love, but that's, love the point of hot shot is that it it overwhelms your nerves in yeah. your mouth and in your throat, and within thirty seconds of feeling those cramps, most likely in your legs, in your calves, your hamstrings, um, the hot shot will it. It didn't, like within 30 seconds of taking it, um, your newly stimulated nerves stop the signal from going to your muscles to cramp, and they send out a calming signal because of the overwhelming um, flavors in your throat and your mouth. But I, I like Janine Becky being like, hey, take it before the game because it does, Hot Shot does stop cramps for up to eight hours. So it seems more of like a preventative okay. Good thing. Good advice. Yeah, I like that advice. Look, and if you're going to do the, if you're going to try it anyway, might as well turn it into the challenge. Totally. You're probably going to try it and take a video of it. You might as well do all of those steps, but just do the added step above of uploading it, tagging Janine Becky, tagging Hacha, and you'll get to raise some funds for the women's sports uh, fund. So you'll look like Michelle Cooper and Alyssa Thompson. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm, I'm curious as to how many uh, videos, uh, reaction videos we're going to start to see now that this is officially out there. But uh, let's chat some soccer. Let's maybe recap some Challenge Cup games. Let's preview some NWSL action. We got to start with some winners, Lisa. We've got multiple consecutive weeks of points for these teams that we're going to start previewing ahead of this weekend. I think we should start with the whole rain because they're coming off of a challenge cup win and they're going up against racing Louisville. This one's kicking off on Saturday at 3:30 PM Eastern rain coming off a midweek challenge cup rivalry win against Portland thorns. Didn't get that pick, right? I went with thorns. You went with rain. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to take a little bit, a little bit like a half point because I said it would be narrow, right? I was, like, I was like, it's going to be narrow. There's no half points in this betting right. game. I know right. you're trying. No, no participation trophies here on E3. <laughs> Boo. Boo. We're laying down the law here with our, our our picks that we're doing. No half points for you, but yes, OL Rain gets the, the narrow win, 1-0 over Portland Thorns. The goal coming from Elise Bennett. I gave her a shout 
when we previewed this match for OL Reign, um, saying that she's been getting more and more minutes. And now's the point in the season where similarly to last season with Kansas City, her rookie year, where she really started to get in a groove and, and get it getting things going. She scored in the 55th minute. Um, fantastic stuff from her. It was a pretty like methodical game between Portland and OL Reign. Um but I, I want to shout out uh, Shelby Hogan in goal for Portland Thorns and Laurel Ivory um, in goal yeah. for OL Reign. I think these goalkeepers stepped up big. We've seen them get time in Challenge Cup matches again, but really coming up with um, big stops and big saves to keep their game, keep their team in games that were happening. Um, it, I, I was impressed with what we saw from them and OL Reign kind of sneaking out a win at the end of this one, holding on. Um, and it, they're also coming off a regular season win, right? That was a 2-1 win over San Diego um, in last week's regular season. And now as they go on to play um, Racing Louisville, they get to be at home, which is good for them. I, I think this is going to be a good matchup on Saturday. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I'm, I'm curious as uh, maybe we'll get – to see another start from from some of these players who started midweek. I, I look, I, I love anytime Elise Bennett gets the start for Oral Rain. I love that she was finally able to get the breakthrough on goal uh, for the for the squad in this midweek cha- in this midweek uh, Challenge Cup game. It's a big deal scoring in a rivalry game. You get to you know hold your head up a little higher. You get to say, yeah, I did that for the squad. Um, and I think we've seen a lot of really good play. Otto Bennett in these very selective moments from Laura Harvey. She hasn't always gotten this the start this this season. She's part of that really deep squad for yeah. the rain. But I like that this is the time where we thought of the season where maybe she would get more starts and we're starting to see that. And that with those consistent minutes kind of comes that consistent play. She's just a player that I enjoy watching. She's just a real poacher of a player. I mean, we saw her kind of lure Sheridan in that regular season game, get issued that 90 minute red card just because of her kind of relentless energy. Uh, And I like that it paid off for her ultimately in this match. I'm curious about, the other side of this regular season game, how that's going to affect game planning for racing Louisville. They have this footage midweek to go off of against Ole Rain. How is Bjorkigan going to prepare against this very deep OL Rain team? They're losing some players of their own. We don't have the regular season availability reports at this time, but we do know that Savannah DeMello is going to be a non-factor in this game because of being with U.S. women's national team right now. Are they going to have some of their other internationals available? Is Kalana going to be available, right? Is uh, Schwan going to be available? Is is, is Kanua going to be available? So these are all like players for Racing Louisville who had... Yeah, also had an impact for for Louisville. So who like now I'm like that's the question mark for yeah. me going into this one. Well, Wang Chuang, like that roster is not out yet either. Um, Alex Chidiak got called up on the preliminary roster for Australia. Um, yeah, as you said, Katlana, Kanu, there are a number of internationals for racing Louisville, which Kim Bjorkgren has done a nice job kind of acquiring them. Um, this will be the second matchup for Oil Rain Racing Louisville in the regular season. The first one coming the tail end of April. So really at the start of the season, but it was a draw, 2-2 draw at the end of it. Racing Louisville got on the board early in that match, um, and they ended up going up 2-0 at halftime, heading heading into the halftime. 
halftime. Then they concede a penalty kick. Pino finishes that one. And then at the tail end of the game in the 90th minute, Jordan Haitema equalizes for OL Reign and closes out that game. It's also for fans to kind of remember, jog your memory. It's also the game Savannah DeMello got a red and she had to then sit out the next one. So she, um, got a little spicy in that game. And she will, of course, be missing for Racing Louisville in the second matchup against O.L. Reign, which uh, I think it's going to be tough for O.L. Reign to get back on the winning side of things without DeMello. Like, it, it's a big team, right? And, and there are so many different factors that come into it. But Savannah DeMello has played her way onto the U.S. national team by her show with Racing Louisville. And now that she's not there for them, I think a lot of pressure is going to fall on Jalen Howe, on um, some of the other players like um, Paige Monahan in the front line. I think Katie Lund in goal is also going to have to have a little bit more pressure. But Racing Louisville is coming off a loss. Um, they've got to pick up points. Meanwhile, O.L. Reign is three games undefeated. And yeah. they're playing at home um, at, with Elise Bennett, Ziara King. I, I, I'm high on O.L. Reign at this point. I picked him in the midweek. I'm picking them again. I think Laura Harvey's squad is going to get the win over Racing Louisville. I'm with you. Look, we're going to start off this episode going one for one here. I'm also going with the rain in this one. I think even with a midweek match, even with it, you know, going against Portland, that's not a lot of travel for these players. I think many of them might be used to making this type of road trip, even if it is midweek against Portland. So Seattle to Portland, I'm not too concerned for that. And I don't really think that Laura Harvey and those players are looking at that as a disadvantage either. So the fact that they had a very, very short trip, they have to face a visiting side, uh, you know, out of, out of Kentucky. And they're the ones coming into this one. And there are some unknown variables there that we're talking about with the availability reports. I, I think everything's in here for, for the rain to, to just keep winning. Honestly, I I'm also kind of a little curious if this might be the game where they get back to, to a higher score line. We thought, okay, they're going to go up against the rivals. It might be narrow. Not only is it a rivalry game, but they're going to miss certain pieces on this team, crucial pieces, starting players. Maybe it'll be be narrow because of that, along with the rotation as well. So I'm very curious if maybe this is the game where it's not such a narrow scoreline. Maybe it's we get, you know, a 2-0 possibly for, for OL. And I think, you know, it's important to note that you know, for, for Louisville and what they're coming off of in their previous previous match against the Courage, that was that was a narrow match. But I think we got to see a little bit of that blueprint, something that we've been, you know, talking about on the show. And I've said, like, look, Savannah DeMello is having an outrageous yeah. season for Louisville. There is enough footage at this point for teams to prepare for her. And yet she still goes out there and has massive games and the Courage actually kind of showed a little bit what it could look like to maybe isolate that player and maybe kind of cancel out some of their some of their impact. So now that Louisville knows that they are not going to have Savannah DeMello, how do they prepare? I'm very curious to see what it looks like. But not enough there for me. I'm going to go with the rain as well. So we're going two for two to start. It's dangerous, Lisa, when we get into that. I know it is a little bit dangerous, but I like it. I, I like it. I think that I mean, we'll see come Sunday night, Monday, or Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoon. Um, yeah, OL rain. I think I think they're going to be good. In this All right. 
Like, well, let's talk about a, a, another team that's that's picking up points. I just alluded to them a little bit. North Carolina Courage versus Houston Dash. This was also kicking off on Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. The Courage just, just quietly hanging out in the upper half of the table. I'm assuming win after win after win for North Carolina, in just my do, eyes. Just doing their thing. Uh, look, talk about a team that we've we've also enjoyed covering this season and the rise of their forms. Absolutely. North Carolina courage, uh, coaching staff, Sean Nahas and what they're doing out there. The team is bought in. I think unlike some other clubs who are, uh, you know, losing players to mm -hmm. the international window, I kind of feel like the courage are a team that might sustain some of the performance that they have built up already over the course of the first half of the season during this, these strange stretches of time um, in the, in the world cup window. So there's a, there's a going to be a couple of regular season games and there's going to be a handful of challenge cup games on the docket for clubs during this world cup stretch. But even with some players who might go missing for the courage, whether it's going to be you know Sullivan, Caroline, etc. I just think the system, yeah, me too, is in place. The players are trusting the system, and it's it looks like you can rotate in and rotate out, and you could still get results. Yeah, I, I agree. I do think that North Carolina has set themselves up for success moving forward, but they are they're missing big pieces, Sandra. They really are. I mean, you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Brazilian international, um, Denise O'Sullivan, Irish international, that that's a big part of the system that Sean Nahas is playing in those two midfielders. Um, Emily Fox, Casey Murphy with the United States, they were, they will be out defender and goalkeeper respectively. Um, there's potential for some other internationals to leave. I'm, I'm looking at Denmark in particular with yeah, Kyle um, and Madsen in, in the midfield as well. Those rosters have not been dropped yet, but you're exactly right. North Carolina has been on, a very good run. They've picked up points in the last seven of their eight regular season games. They've won the last four of their five. Um, they're on a bit of a run right now in the, the regular season. And their opposition in Houston Dash is one that they have already played against. However, it was only 51 minutes. Think back to that first matchup between these two sides. Um, it, it ended due to weather in the 51st minute. And the way the NWSL breaks down, as soon as you finish the first half, the game can be considered completed. So these two sides did restart the second half, and they played 51 minutes. And North Carolina ended up getting the win. And it was um, – Houston thought it was unfair. I mean, right? Like they they started to get on a roll. That's why you play a ninety minute game, right? To to see out the score, but yeah. um, that's how it worked. It was on the road for North Carolina in Houston, only fifty one minutes. They weathered the storm, and they got a one nil win um, in a first half goal that really solidified the game for them. Now they're playing at home, a place in Wake Med where North Carolina has done tremendous job yeah. this year in making it a fortress for opposition to come in and play. And I think for Houston, they're going to be out for blood considering how that first game ended. Um, Houston's also on a bit of a run themselves. They're undefeated in their last five regular season games. However, it's three straight draws for the dash. And that's something that they've struggled to pick up points back to back. Nil nil draws against angel city against OL rain, a one, one draw against Gotham. 
can they kind of get over that hump? I don't think it's this week. And I'm going to go with the courage at home, Mm -hmm. the, the run that they've been going on, despite Houston, maybe having more players than, than North Carolina at this point in terms of like who's available and who's not. I'm not, I'm not going to front. There was, there was phases of this where I'm like looking at this matchup and I'm like, geez, is this going to be the draw where it comes out? I I love that you mentioned the, the previous match between these two teams. You have to imagine that Houston felt hard done by it. Not only then, but obviously taking a look at at, at things or the schedule ahead and saying, we're going to get another crack at this. I'm also really curious about, you know, the, the whole former players going up against their previous clubs. Like how is Diana Ardonia is going to perform in a match yeah. like this? We, we have seen that some, some weeks she's on some weeks she's off. There's, you know, there's been some solutions that have, you know, across that, that top line for Houston that have worked better than others. You know, what is that going to look like this week? That's something else I'm curious about in this matchup. How is Sam Lady going to go ahead and, and target this game? I would imagine that Houston can play some exciting kind of counterattacking ball. Like maybe they're going to look at, at the opposition in front of them and say, you know what, take the, here's the ball, take it, keep it. We're going to do our best to to make the most of it when we yeah. have it. But my thing is, can they be clinical enough in this game and in those moments? Without Katie Lind. Lest we not forget, Houston has gotten red cards in back-to-back games. The first one, Natalie Jacobs. She served her suspension last week for the dash against Angel City. Yep. And then Katie Lind, um, formerly Naughton, center back for Houston Namesday, Iron Woman. That gets snapped now for her. Uh, She received a red card against Angel Shitty. She is not available in this game versus North Carolina. Um, That's going to be tough. That is going to be tough for Houston uh, to kind of main state in the back line. (laughs) We saw it shifted last week against Angel City. Without Jacobs, who's been a center back, we were like, okay, how is this going to work? What are we going to see? And and the way that it shifted, it was – um, Sophie Schmidt dropping back into the center back um, alongside Lind and Prysock. But now what's going to happen? How are they going to play with it? I think it'll still be a three back from Sam Lady. Uh, that's what he did last week. It'll just be interesting. And I think there's just too many factors in in opposition of Houston going against them that I'm going to give this one to Sean Mayhouse in North Carolina still. Yeah, I think I started off chatting about this game, kind of alluding to the fact that I felt better about North Carolina in this one. And again, it's dangerous when we go not only one for one for two for two, but I just think there's going to be enough there for the courage to put this one away. Maybe it ends up being another, um, you know, narrow scoreline, but this time it actually goes to 90 minutes. And hopefully the Dash can go uh, this week without a red card issue to their players and they don't you know, have to set themselves up for long stretch of the time down a player. We'll see what happens when these two take the pitch head to head. We're going to make some more picks for you, though. So stick with us after a quick break. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this, too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, let's keep it moving. Let's talk about more matches taking place 
over week 14. But we got to talk about some teams that desperately need some points, like literally running out of time. We've got a couple of bottom table teams on the hunt for some points. We've got some teams in the upper half of the table maybe looking at these games where they could try some stuff because they're going up against opposition that have been struggling throughout the duration of the regular season. Let's start with Chicago Red Stars going up against San Diego Wave FC. San Diego coming off of this Challenge Cup loss to Angel City, drop a a rivalry Challenge Cup game, uh, 2-1. Tough, tough result. Um, Casey Stoney postgame talking a little bit about the poor start uh, for the team in in the first half. Obviously, the way we're a little bit more responsive in that second half against Angel City but really taking on the responsibility as a head coach to have had to prepare the team better and saying, maybe I didn't do that for, for this team as we saw in the first half. But even with the tactics, even with adjustments, maybe we have to take a look across the bench, right? Because again, we're talking about this stretch of time where we knew we were going to see these players get opportunities in these moments. And that Challenge Cup game for San Diego, probably really that first test, right, that first example of how they might have to rotate or bring in players into games and manage these minutes throughout this next handful of games, whether it's between Challenge Cup and the regular season. The defensive shape looked like they had some problems, Lisa, in that Challenge Cup game. Yeah, I think that this loss in the midweek for San Diego, um, I'm not trying to like diss on Angel City and we'll talk about them when we get to their game preview, but it was San Diego looked worse than Angel City looked great. I mean, it made San Diego struggled defensively, which really helped Angel City look as good as they did. And I'm going to talk about Angel City and all the wonderful things they did in this match, but defensively, there was a lack of organization for Casey Stoney's side in this midweek game against their rivals. There, there wasn't a lot of structure. There wasn't a lot of cohesiveness between the back three as they played the back four, including the goalkeeper. It, it was a bit of a struggle for this team. Um, and Angel City kind of walked right through them, especially the first 15 minutes. It is amazing how the absence of uh, Kaylee Real. Uh, Naomi Gurma, Keelan Sheridan can open up holes in a back line like this. I mean, it's Casey Stoney in San Diego has been known for the defense. They've prided themselves on their defense, but I think you can only identify yourself as a defensive team like that if when you have your second wave of players in, it can maintain and it can stay high. And frankly, it just didn't. Perhaps it was a bit too much newness all at once happening in the back line. Um, they did have some good moments. I think, as frankly, as the game progressed, their defense got better. <laughs> it got a little yeah. bit more structured and they had a little bit more organization. But it was a bit, it was Swiss cheese the first 15 minutes of this game in the back line. Um, they ended up getting a goal from Danielle Colaprico. Shout out to her. Her first goal in a wave jersey, left footed rocket for Colaprico. Rico massive um, to, to give them just cut the lead in half. It ends up being two one uh, Mia Jow, the right back in the center back, right center back. She ends up having a goal line save in this game. Huge for them. And three for angel city. They, so uh, Jow really keeping them out of that hole at that point. And that was good. Really, really good. 
Yeah. No, look, I think those are the silver linings, right, that you maybe try to take away from from a loss. I mean, that's what we wanted to to see. We're going to get a chance to see these players, these these bench players, these depth players um, in, in these in these roles moving forward. And I know you and I were looking forward to that. We were excited about that because I think at, at this point in, in the season, we're we're re, we're going in a preview for week 14. We're well into the second half of the season at this point. Most teams have their ideal starting 11s. We see these players week in and week out. So the fact that we're going to get closer looks at players that we haven't seen over the course of these last 14 weeks or these previous uh, three, two to three to four Challenge Cup games in the group stage is exciting. Um, and we get a, a, a look or a closer look at, at newer names and newer faces in the league. But that was such a great moment, That's this goal line clearance. I mean, just you love to see that out of a newer player to a team. Just great awareness and presence of mind to make sure you, you kind of hustle back and, and keep your team in it. It's moments like that that, that maybe help re-motivate or, or shift some momentum a little bit for, for a team moving forward, especially in a, in a rivalry game, right? But it's enough for uh, – it, it It was enough, though. I think you, you look at that and you say, okay, well, here's the footage. We'll go back and look at it. And we had a tough first half. And really we had just a couple yeah. of errors. But it's those couple of errors that end up costing you the game because of just – getting exposed and, and getting these uh, early goals for if you're, if you're angel city. So I'm curious, Lisa, what you think the turnaround or the bounce back might be for the wave, because now they have to go on the road. So, so they're going from San Diego to Chicago. Yeah. I think honestly, the way that they were able to turn around from one half to the other and actually get better throughout a 90 minute game shows great promise. And that's definitely a silver lining for Casey Stoney. Imagine now what she can do with um, two days of, of training or tactical explanation um, and maybe walkthroughs on the pitch, right? Understanding positional awareness, spacing. I think that to have a lot of rotation in the midweek will benefit them moving forward. Now, Chicago is a team that is only losing two players throughout this World Cup um, and this break. Shayna Matthews to Jamaica and goalkeeper Alyssa Nair to the United States. They're, they're one of the teams that has the least amount of players missing throughout this chunk of time. It is the second matchup between these two sides. The first one um, coming earlier in the year with penalty kicks for each side. San Diego walks away with three points in a 3-2 win, but five goals Throughout that game, Yuki Nagasato, Swanson, um, Amir Ali, Jaden Shaw, Alex Morgan picking up goals at that point. I want to be optimistic for Chicago. Really, I do. I think that they they could – this could be their opportunity to pick up points. They're coming off games, um, back-to-back games in which they scored goals, in which they fought back, right? They've got three goals in their last two games, two against Portland, one against Gotham. They dropped both of those games, but now is their opportunity to pick up points. They're playing at home. I'm going to go with the Red Stars, Sandra. I, I am. Call me crazy, but I think that this is a side that can do it, especially if they watch that midweek game. I think the Red Stars are going to get a bit of confidence going up against the San Diego side and, and some of the pieces that are missing for them. Look, it's the most unpredictable time of year, and I love it. I'm here for it. I, I'm in agreement with you. I I like the response that we've seen from the Red Stars over the course of their last couple regular season games. Yes, they're losses, but as you noted, 
couple goals that were, um, you know, across the board in each of these games against Portland Thorns and Gotham FC. These are two other top of the table teams that Chicago prepared well for, went out and competed against. And I would anticipate that this is going to be another game that they do that. I'm very curious about what that looks like in the attacking scheme of things. I feel like Shayna Matthews is a player that they were finally getting back to at least feature off of the bench and get in and have an impact in the game, sort of be that ideal kind of game changer that you want coming into a match. I'm very curious about how the goalkeeper position looks for Chicago without a listener. We have not seen Emily Boyd throughout any of these games, whether it's rotation and challenge cup or not. So how are things going to look like there? What's the organization going to look like for this back line? Maybe it's going to be fine because as you mentioned, there's not a lot of world cup representation for the Chicago Red Stars team. And they are in fact going to still have Tierna Davidson, Casey Kruger. They've welcomed back Kayla Sharples and we could see how her addition back into these lineups has impacted and affected the Chicago Red Stars as well. There's some bright points here. Um, and I'm also looking at a player like Bianca St. George. I mean, this is someone wow. that we thought would compete for a spot on, on Canada's roster and is not going to be with them in the world cup. So I'm, I'm looking for a continuous benefit her. I think it's going to benefit her a little bit. She'll be pissed off. I'm with you. I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking for that continued response from, from Chicago. You have, you have your answer. You know how the remainder of your summer and the year is going to look moving forward. You are going to have responsibilities to club. So how is that going to look moving forward to Chicago? And there's something about, there is, there's something to be said about, bottom table teams going up against playoff contending teams. You have, that's part of what makes the NWSL so special. You have teams that want to play up and against these competitive teams. So I'm with you. I don't have this all the way as a win for Chicago, but I do think it's going to be enough for a result. I've got this one as my draw. Oh, I like that. I like that pick. That's a good shout for sure. I think, I think there's going to be some defensive schemes, some organized, like some organized things going on here that we see in large stretches of the game. I think San Diego is going to be motivated by that. They're going to want to have a better defensive performance. And Chicago is known to be at times when they, when they lock it in can be an organized team. So I think this might be a little bit of, of that going on here. Do you think goals are we going to get like a one, one, or are you thinking scoreless? Um, Wouldn't that be funny if it's scoreless, but no, I think we might get, we might get a goal. I think we're going to get a one, one. Okay, I like that. So I'm going to go with Chicago. You're going draw. So we both have the Red Stars picking up points, though, which they desperately need at this point. They really they do. They have no room for error. I think if they lose this one, they they are one step closer to being eliminated quite early. They're bottom of the table. They're three straight losses. Um, they they are struggling. Only 10 points. 10 yeah, points we'll in see. matches. Ooh, they need this yeah. one. We'll see. Maybe they'll be motivated by that. Let's take another pick for Portland Thorns and Kansas City Current. Kansas City, a team that's no stranger to those second half runs. We've seen them put together some successful half seasons <laughs> and ride the momentum. But they're on the road this week against Portland Thorns, who are coming off of that narrow loss against Oral Reign in the Challenge Cup. Who do you got in this one and why, Lisa? This is a rematch of the 2022 NWSL Championship Final. Is a rematch of the 2022 NWSL final between Portland and Kansas City. Second time they're playing this year. The first one was rough 
for JC. 4-1 to the Thorns in early, early April. So this was like start of the season. Um, that's how they do it with the rivalry games and, and the rematches, and, and you like to see it. Um, this is this is tough, right? Kansas City is only losing two players throughout this stretch of time. Um, I mentioned Chicago being one of those teams that's only losing two players. Orlando as well. And Kansas City is the third. Desiree Scott, uh, midfielder to Canada. Um, and then, of course, Dabinia, the Brazilian international. So it definitely some holes in yeah. the midfield. But... A.D. France is not going anywhere. Cassie Miller is not going anywhere. So they have a little bit of structure defensively for Kansas City. Um, it's going to be tough for this Kansas City side because they've been struggling. Um, they, they are coming off of a win, but before that, back-to-back losses. And now as they go, go up against a Portland Thorns side that in this matchup is – it's going to be a little bit rough. I really think it's going to be rough for both sides. Portland's hosting. I was super impressed in the midweek with Olivia Moultrie, what she was able to do on the ball defensively. Reyna Reyes has stepped up tremendously in this back line. Um, I think that Portland's going to get the win at home over Kansas City. Um, It's just a little too hard for for them to go on the road. Portland is still undefeated at home in regular season. I, I don't think it snaps this week against Kansas City. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I think we're going to get a competitive game. I think, look, I, I, met, I met, we mentioned it in terms of, you know, t- teams who are the lower half of the table playing up to teams who are, uh, you know, within playoff contention at this moment, and they make for great games. But I don't know if it's going to be enough to to snap so many things, a, a home winning streak and good form for the Portland Thorns. We didn't get to see too many minutes mm-hmm. uh, from, from Morgan Weaver in this Challenge Cup game. Perhaps Mike Norris already looking ahead to that regular season um, match. Uh, that's got a knock. She got a knock last week, remember, Morgan Weaver. Um, so maybe that's it. That's why we didn't maybe, see her. And maybe she'll even be on minutes restrictions still for, yeah. for this game, you know. But – I just don't know if that's the only thing that the Thorns are going to look at and say, oh, no, we may or may not have more. We were we're going to we are going to struggle against Kansas City current. I don't think that's there. I mean, we talked about it with O.L. Rain. Yeah, we talk about it similarly with Portland when it comes to the depth of a squad and the bench that they have. This Thorn team is right there with all rain as they continue to build throughout the course of this regular season. We saw Captain Sam Coffey in this Challenge Cup game. We might see it again in this match against Kansas City Current. I, I'm, look, I'm not <laughs> trying to completely go all in on the Thorns here, although they are my pick this week. Let's not also act like Kansas City. I'm trying to scale it in because let's let's not try to act like Kansas City isn't slowly and quietly trying to build back to their ideal starting eleven. Sure, no Dabinia, that's going to be massive for them. But Vanessa DiBernardo is coming off one of her best performances yep. of this season. Morgan Gutral is getting back. Morgan Gutral is right back alongside her. <laughs> you Hamilton. know, back in these minutes, Kristen Hamilton, CeCe Kaiser. These yeah. are players that if you sleep on them, they will make you pay. So I am looking forward to a competitive match, but I just think there's going to be enough winning mentality and winning edge for Portland to take this one. Yeah, I like it. So we're both going to go with Thorns. 
um, in this match. I agree. I think it's going to be competitive. It'll be a good one. This is going to be one of the top ones to watch because Casey needs points, bottom of the table, Portland's number one. Um, and when you go up against the number one team, you always bring a little something. Yeah, a little extra. Yeah, a little extra. So I'm I'm looking forward to that in, in this game. Maybe a little bit of extra spice. Maybe some more hot shot. We'll see. Yeah. We've got two more games to make picks for you. Stick with us after a quick break. All right, let's take a look at the middle of the table. Teams that are looking to leapfrog into that upper half and teams who are trying to stay there. Let's make a pick with Washington Spirit versus Orlando Pride. This one kicking off Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Missing a lot of players for the Spirit mm-hmm. in this one. And for Orlando Pride, respect to them, they're going to be without some pretty significant players. I mean, we just did an episode where we were talking about Brazil's roster drop. Marta and Adriana will not be available for Orlando Pride. And we know that Orlando Pride looks and plays a bit different when they've got Marta in that lineup. And honestly, when they've got Adriana as well. So for the Spirit, no Rodman. No Sanchez, no Kingsbury, no Sullivan. This is four of your starting players. So this is a very difficult pick, I think, when we're looking at who's available and who's not. And when we're looking at recent form in terms of who's trending up and who's been trending down. Do you have, is this your draw, Lisa? I got to ask because is there, I don't know if there's a winner and loser in this one. I'm not sugarcoating it. This is my draw of the weekend. Washington, Orlando, it's at Audi Field. Um, Familiar teams with each other because they're in the same Challenge Cup group. They also have played each other in regular season already. Um, Orlando getting the best of Washington in that game. Uh, That was May 20th, 2-1 win for the pride over the spirit. Um, Marta getting that penalty kick goal. Strom getting one in the run of play. Sam Staub, defender, getting one off a set-piece opportunity for Washington uh, to just climb back into it. But this is my draw between these two sides. I think there's just too many pieces missing um, for, honestly, both of them in, yeah. in like the way that they're playing at this point. Orlando coming off back-to-back losses. They've dropped four of their last five. The pride is struggling a bit. They go on the road though they tend to do better on the road than they do at home Washington Spirit also coming off a loss um, but it's the only game that they've lost in their last five so Washington of course in in a bit of better form but they're without big big players right now Um, and I think that's going to change we've seen others step up I've been really impressed with Paige Mater for um, Mark Parsons and this Washington Spirit side and Orlando as well I think um, Kylie Strom has done well, uh, Via Corta, Abello. There's been really good pieces. Clough, we're starting to see a little bit more from, but I just think that it's going to be too tough for either of these sides to walk away with all three points. And that's why they're going to split them in my mind, going with a draw between these two. Watches be some wild shit out. You know, it always ends up kind of leaning that way. I, look, you, you touched on the players that I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on, I think, for, for the spirit. I think. When we have covered this team, even out of the draft and earlier this this year in January, wanting to pick up players that they knew that they would get to build with over the course of a season. Paige Mateer is absolutely one of those players. If there's a way for Spirit to kind of play a bit of a set-piece game within this match, I think maybe Paige Mateer could sneak one in there. We've seen her do that as well for this for this team, you know, 
getting in the right places during corner kicks. But I don't know if it'll come down to that. I think there's going to be players who line up on both sides of the ball that, that want to play. You know, this is going to be an opportunity for them to to kind of flex what they have been building towards over the course of the first half of the season. But when I'm looking at the spirit, I think while we're talking about some of these first-year players that can have an impact, I'm also still looking at a Sam Staub in this one. This is this is not only an excellent defensive player, but she's great in her distribution, can absolutely help spearhead and facilitate an attack if needed. Uh, you know, they still have Ashley Hatch, who is going to be without players to feed her the ball. But I'm curious about how she will try to adapt her game in the absence of a Rodman or a Sanchez. So even though this was tough for me, I think I'm going to go with the spirit in this one against being at home is going to help them out a little bit. Audi fields, you know, first year they're playing all their games there this year. They've, they've turned it into a unique place to play for them. I won't say that they've turned it into a fortress, but it hasn't been easy for oppositions to go in there and pick up a win. So I'm, I'm looking for them to maybe pick up a narrow one here against the pride. Okay. Let's make, let's, let's make our, our final pick. We've got Gotham FC, Versus Angel City, we're going to get a closeout here with an East Coast and West Coast battle. Gotham had their Challenge Cup game postponed uh, due to weather and travel effects. So they do not have a midweek match that they're rolling over into this weekend. But Angel City does, and they are going to be the ones on the road this one. Catch this one on Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Even though they're the ones on the road, Lisa, they're coming off of a window. Got to be motivated for that. Massive. I think Angel City is flying after their Challenge Cup win 2-1 over San Diego last night. Opening 20 minutes, they get two goals. They go up 2-0. And they score goals in, I think, really positive ways. The first one comes off a corner kick in the opening two minutes of this match. And uh, Madison Hammond gets her first NWSL goal off the corner kick, which that's that's the beauty of set pieces. They tend to open up the game if you can score on them because it takes pressure off the forwards because oftentimes, on, not oftentimes, but on set pieces, there's more opportunity for defenders, for deeper players in the field to score on those goals, which takes pressure off the forwards and allows them to play a bit more freely throughout a game. It really opens things up. And that's exactly what we saw happen because um, just about 15 minutes after that opening goal, there's great combination play between Savannah McCaskill, uh, Cambreros, and then Clarice Lebion, who finishes this goal. It's like a three-man weave basketball style, the way this happens. And frankly, it was pretty bad defense on San Diego's part, the, how this second goal developed for Angel City. But they stayed on top of it. Like they didn't make sloppy passes. It's not like it was really bad (laughs) offense from Angel City that resulted in this goal. It was great offense, limited defense that Angel City took advantage of. And frankly, that's what I want to continue to see them do against this Gotham side because this matchup between um, Angel City and Gotham, it's going to be played at Red Bull Arena. So I think advantage to Gotham that they didn't have to travel to Exploria during the midweek and then come back. Now, they did have to sit in an airport, maybe wait for delayed flights. Like They didn't have a great travel day earlier this week, and that's why their midweek game ended up getting canceled. But now they are at home. 
that's the advantage that I'm going to give to Gotham in terms of players missing um, in that front angel city. um, They've got a a couple in Julie earths, Alyssa Thompson for us internationals, Allie Riley um, potentially to be missing. Uh, She's on the prelim roster for New Zealand, June endo, um, a lot of different pieces happening there, but Gotham as well. Bruninia, uh, Sinead Farley, Ifioma Anamanu, Christy Mewis, Kelly O'Hara, Lynn Williams, the last three with the United States. But I'm impressed with Angel City and with Becky Tweed and what this team did midweek, how they're going to go into Gotham. I'm giving it to the L.A. side. I think it's the battle of the big cities, right? Los Angeles and New York. Stars are out. And I'm going to give it to Angel City. I am. East Coast, West Coast, and you know what? I'm with you. I'm with Angel wow. City on this one. I think I think Becky Tweed. I think Becky Tweed wants this one, yeah. and I think she's going to get it. I, I like the rotation from Angel City in this one by Becky Tweed. We're going to get treated to Sarah Gordon locking down whoever is going to try to attack because that's my question mark. Who's getting the goals for Gotham in this game? We know there's not going to be a Lynn Williams. We know there's not going to be a Kristen. We know that Purse is back, but how many minutes yeah. is she going to get? In this match, we we know that, um, you know, Yasmin Ryan is a player that can get out there and get after things. But I think that there's going to be enough here from Becky Tweed and her game plan to get things rolling against Gotham. I, I'm curious of what that availability report is going to look like. I, I was I know that players um, the deadline in the league is for players. To, to be able to head off with with their teams after the 26th. Well, we saw Ellie Riley with Angel City. I mean, it, it all depends on when and how and where these national teams are ready to call in these players, right? So I'm very curious if we're, we're still going to see uh, Allie Riley available in this game. And, and if she is, I think that's going to be massive uh, for, for Angel City. But Savannah... Uh, Savannah McCaskill. I really like what Scarlett Camberos is bringing on for this team uh, in this in this second half of the season. She's got two assists already in consecutive games. I love her defensive work rate as a forward. It's an absolute delight to witness. It looks like she is finally looking comfortable with this Angel City side and playing within the league. So I'm I'm curious if if there's has the makings of a goal finally in this one for her. But I don't know. It looks like she's been she's been setting him up more than she's been knocking him in. But is she also gonna get the start because she just got the start, you know, know. In, in challenge cup. So how how you know how is the attack gonna look in this one? How many how many minutes can can Sydney LaRue uh give this team against yeah. against Gotham? You know, if she's gonna be available to go. I think the Becky tweet of it all is one of the most interesting factors, right? Formerly coached with Gotham. She's going back there. She's now leading Angel City as the interim head coach. I think that that's she's that pump up talk from Becky Tweed pregame locker room on the field is is going to be the electrifying factor that pushes over the top. I like that we're ending on what people might think is is a bold pick, but hopefully yep. we get to and talk about it the same way too. That's the best ho- part. Hopefully we'll we'll get to we'll get to talk about it and it ends up working in our favor. If not, we'll talk about it either way. But that is a wrap for our picks this week, building up to week fourteen in NWSL action. Thanks to everybody for listening to Attacking Third. Download, follow, and listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. 
you watch us too. So subscribe to us on YouTube to get alerts for whenever we go live at youtube.com slash attacking third. We will be back this week with a recap. So make sure you tune in Sunday night. Stay tuned for Sandra and Lisa Carlin. This was attacking third.